Are you a counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply? Then you, lovely person, are in the right place because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if it's your first visit, I'm really pleased that you found us. How are you today? I hope the world's being kind to you. Now, today I have a guest. We have the lovely Yasmin Shaheen Safar. And Yasmin is a multi-talented counsellor with many, many interests. So today we talk about creativity. We talk about her product, which is called The Angry Tent. And we looked at why she decided to launch her own awareness day called Let's Stop Shouting. We had a chat about overcoming adversity, how to get into the press, And we took a little bit of a look at crowdfunding as well. I think you're going to like this one. So, Yasmin, hi. It's really great to have you here. I can't wait to have a bit of a chat with you about all the exciting things that you've got going on. But before we do, I saw that you're a published poet. Tell tell me about that. Um, Oh, okay. So um, that's caught me off guard, Jane. (laughs) What can I tell you about that? I've always enjoyed poetry, uh, but always been, prior to being published, always been really shy about it, uh, feelings of not good enough. And then it was a few years ago, there was a local lady who had a poetry uh, course, uh, write a collection of poetry in a year. And I was actually looking for something to do with my family, with my partner, my daughter. So my daughter was uh, 14 then. So I just, or no, 13. So um, I thought as a over-enthusiastic mom, <laughs> what better way to spend an evening if all I enrolled us all onto um, a poetry class for a year. And that's actually where my um, anthology came from. And it I'm published as part of an anthology. So yeah. That's the story behind being a published poet. I think that's fantastic. Especially you say that you're dyslexic as well. Yeah, um, I'm dyslexic. Uh, I only found that out a couple of years ago, actually. So what I think poetry does, because it's quite emotional, but it's in short form, it makes it much easier. And you can play around with words as well. Yeah, yeah. I know there are so many people that struggle with dyslexia. But what I love is that you've not let that stop you. You've just got out there. You've done all these different things. You are like a serial entrepreneur, really, aren't you? You've got lots of things that you're interested in. You've got lots of skills. And you just go out there and do things. You're very courageous like that. Yeah, and I think um, you have to remember, I haven't always been like that. Uh And I'm just trying to think in time of reference, time frame. Actually, it was 2018 when I found out I was dyslexic and that for someone who doesn't particularly like labels, it was actually a real surprise by having a label, how it's really helped me to gain confidence. So most of my activities I would say is after being labeled as a dyslexic. That's Um, interesting. 
because it's given me the confidence that the things that I may not understand, it doesn't mean I'm thick or stupid. And yeah, absolutely. what it's actually done is given me confidence in my creativity. Yeah. And I've used yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes if you know there's actually a reason for the fact that you struggle sometimes with your with your words or however it presents for you, you're right. It takes away that feeling of, well, I'm rubbish at this. I can't read. I can't write. I can't spell. I can't whatever it is, because it's like, well, there's a reason that I can't. It's nothing to do with me and my ability. And then you work around that, I guess. Is that how it was for you? Yeah, totally. And uh, I'm also dyspraxic. Uh huh which means with balance. So all my life I've been labeled as clumsy, stupid. I'm always banging into things. I can't ride a bike. Although, so I mean, who can't ride a bike? You know, so I've been really classed as, um, I thought I must be really thick. But just having that label, and even this year I decided enough was enough, and I'm actually booked on cycling courses wow. a cycling course in June yeah and I'm actually going to document and film that journey uh, because I did put a post up about it in a couple of the Facebook groups and I was actually surprised how many people actually struggle with the same issue yeah I think that's the things you know my brother was dyslexic and you know for his early life probably up to his 20s middle mid 20s he just constantly just thought he was just not good at things and when he found out that he was dyslexic the world opened up because it's like well there's a workaround there's you know and I don't like labels as a rule but labels can be really helpful in some cases can't they yeah and I think that even helped in my practice as well because as a counsellor because I as you say I was very similar that I don't particularly like labels but I think it's really opened my eyes there can be a place for them yeah so tell me about your counseling so you're currently a counselor what what was it that drew you into being a counselor um I think like most counselors the need to help people I want to help people and I think for most counselors and people in the profession it's from their own adversity yeah yeah absolutely but what like I say what I like about you is that you've kind of got this you're such a busy person you've got your iron in so many fires you've always got something new that you're working on and I find it really exciting you've got so many different skills and talents I mean you recently came and did a workshop on us about how to make a Wix web uh, Wix website which was brilliant which is in the Brave Private Practice I mean, I, I was a programmer for yeah. on and off 20 years. Yeah. And it's ironic because I really hated the profession then. And, you know, I wanted to help people. Yeah. Um, but what I found, I've been able to combine my skills now. And it's it's combined beautifully because you've got those skills that just 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 help you to grow your business or your different businesses. So they they really kind of give you a leg up. So for you, making a website is really easy. For many of us, it's like a really considered thing. You can either do it yourself, which for, for many people, that's something they might find really difficult or they might have to pay quite a lot of money for. So that's that's really a great thing for you to have in your tool belt, isn't it? And you've, sorry. No, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. You've kind of moved on now. 
to start, you were talking to me some time ago about the angry tent. So you've mm. kind of moved. I don't know if you've changed niche or whether you've got a different niche or it's separate, but you've been working a lot to do with anger recently. Mm-hmm. So what kind of changed for you to sort of go into working around anger? Um, and I think it's also personal experiences as well. I, If I disclose, I grew up in quite, well, I would, uh, yeah, an angry household. And I suppose, you know, it, it wasn't my parents' fault. Just busy parents, like most families, um, me being probably quite a sensitive child. So having that experience around it, and also my father passed away at 39, very suddenly, Wow! in his sleep. And I really do believe that um, stress uh, was a contributor, yeah. you know, and being, living in an angry household. Yeah. Um, so I guess, so I, I mean, I didn't actually realise that was what I, I would be working with, but it must have been sat there and just wanted to make a difference. Yeah. Mm. And I think um, not for not for all counsellors, I know it's not going to be the same for everybody, obviously, but a lot of us as counsellors, mm. the thing that we work with and that we are really passionate about is very often things we've got experience of, either personal experience that we've been through it or we've lived in a house where, you know, like for you, you've lived in a house where there's anger. Mm-hmm. Myself too. I mean, in my family, anger was like the normal thing. You know, there was so much anger. And I think that's why I am I really hate conflict. You know, I, I just back away from conflict. And anger, it's such a passionate, scary thing for a child to have to deal with. They don't understand, do they really? No, and I and I think it's important to mention that anger is a important emotion yeah. because it, it it lets us know when things need to change, uh, when things aren't safe, perhaps. But also, it's the way we communicate that anger. And what I find really interesting is for different situations, we're all unique, and our anger looks very different as well. It can be from the angry shouting, but it can be the silent, withdrawing, risky behavior also. So I find that really interesting. So I know within my practice, I noticed there were a lot of people came with issues that looked like anxiety. But when we looked into it, it was more like an unexpressed anger. So they were maybe angry about something, angry with somebody, but weren't able to express it so whether you're from that level that from that side of it of not being able to express it and it turns in on you or the other level which is being very shouty Mm -hmm. it's all the same thing isn't it? it's all about communication yeah totally and recognizing and that's um I'm the creator as you well know Jane of the angry tent and it's the therapy tool to help people and it recognize unravel and dig out their anger. So the tools used in a sort of language that people understand uh, the mechanics of anger. Yeah. Talk to me a bit about the angry tent. What is it? Okay, it's a therapy tool that helps people manage anger. So it started because I uh, I was working in an environment with young people to begin with, and it was a way of trying to people's 
immediate uh, what I found was um, response was oh I don't get angry yeah uh, because it it is it's a society can sort of label it as being shameful to be angry or people think they have no perhaps no right to be angry so it came about with me sketching a tent on a piece of paper and um, talking a young person through it and that tents come in all different shapes and sizes they come in different textures you know and that's what our anger is also uh, for different situations and I think it's really important to clarify that we can have different angry responses to different situations also because we sort of tend to label people as oh they do angry this particular way but we do angry lots of different ways, depending on a number of factors. So firstly, we get the person to recognize what their anger for a particular trigger looks like. So this could range from withdrawing socially, uh, starving themselves, to shouting, to slamming doors, to being violent, to risky behavior, to shopping, to sarcasm, to humor. Passive aggressiveness. So, yeah. Um, totally. So then once we've recognized what our anger is and we have little pieces on words, I just initially I started off with just writing words on the tent on a, this scrappy piece of paper. And then you've been camping, Jane. Oh, God, not for a long time. Can't be doing the camping. <laughs> so oh, you know no. how to picture tent. <laughs> but I can picture it. Well, I can picture a tent. I don't know if I could pitch a tent anymore. <laughs> okay. But you know, we have the guide ropes. Yes, and absolutely. You got them into the ground. Yes. So the next stage is we start working on what emotions do you think that are actually holding down your angry tent that are actually beneath the surface, dug into the ground. And quite often, we quite often hammer them down to ignore them. So then we spend some time exploring those. And these can range from jealousy to fear to shame. Sometimes it could just be because you're tired. But we really look at what's at what emotions hold down your angry tent. And then we move on to actually working on what would life look like if these emotions weren't holding down your angry tent, what would be behind that? What would your life look like? And that's really, obviously, we work in depth on a deeper level, but that's in a nutshell, the concept of the angry tent. So once they find out what's the thing that's holding them down, what happens then? Well, we do some work on healing from that, moving on from that, if they're able to, perhaps giving, um, perhaps they need strategies for relaxation, meditation, perhaps they need to just change their work schedule and the way they sort of structure their life. Uh, Maybe it could come down to core beliefs and values of not being good enough. It just depends on the individual. Yeah. So you started off doing this with children didn't you so is this for all ages now yeah with young people it was um adolescence Uh so then I found it works with adults as well especially people that are a bit more visual 
because to, um, also I'm an ambassador for the Creative Counselors Club. Mm-hmm. I'm the re- Leeds Regional Ambassador. And um, so I'm very much into using creative yeah. uh, means because quite often sometimes we just can't find the words. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think there are different types. I think people either love working creatively and some people kind of don't quite know what to do. But I know in my own practice, I didn't use a lot of creative work. I had lots of tools that I could use. And I think because of my own lack of my own lack of confidence, but from time to time, I'd have somebody sat in the chair and they were just somebody who just wasn't able to talk. It, they'd mm-hmm. just really withdraw. And when I did use one of the one of the tools that I had, it really was the thing that opened them up. They were then able to, yeah, it really changed things. I think it's a really powerful thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm really passionate about dispelling this myth that to be creative, somehow you had to have to be great at art. And I think, you know, it's for a lot of people, and this was certainly true with me, it stemmed from like school and art classes and the not being able to draw. But creativity for me is about finding solutions to issues and things that you want to move on with from and problems. And, you know, creativity helps you find solutions. Yeah. So, you know, you don't, I can't draw to save my life. Um, you don't have to be good at art. So this, this fear of creativity, I perhaps to me sometimes more about the fear of the unknown. Yeah. And for me, it's almost, I mean, my I'm 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 exactly the same as you. I can't draw to save my life. And I keep I keep wanting to. I've been watching Grayson Perry doing his art club okay, over, yeah. over the lockdown. And I love the fact that, you know, he's basically saying just draw, you know doodle you know kids give them a piece of paper they'll doodle and it's like god I I really I want to do that but I'm not creative in a drawing way but I'm creative in sort of out of the box thinking and Mm -hmm. looking at different things and that's what I love about what you do because you've got the angry tent you decided you know you you found this idea of having the angry tent as a way to explain explain anger a way to help people to express anger and a way to help them with that you've kind of taken the book taken the angry ball and run with it now because you've actually got a um like an awareness day so for you you kind of you're very good at finding different ways to share these things yeah and I think I'm really passionate about taking therapy and therapy language and making it more consumer friendly yeah so it's a bit fun also yeah. I mean you can't help but slightly smirk when you hear the angry tents just the name of it you know and we're not sort of minimizing you know the, the effect of anger but it's a way of getting people to uh, respond and take interest yeah so the let's stop shouting awareness day um, I've got a Let's Stop Shouting course, a six-week online course uh, launching in September. And who's um, that for? Is that for like members of the public? Is that for counsellors? You know, it's for me- well, counsellors can go on it, um, but it's for members of the public. So, what I wanted to do was create another revenue stream 
yeah but also do good as well and get reach as many people as I could so I'd already got the angry tent and I'm very interested especially shouting as a you know as someone who was shouted at quite a lot it did affect my confidence and self-esteem and it also made me quite a nervous and jumpy person yeah and it did take years of therapy to and I still don't think I've totally overcome that but that's okay because I can manage it now and uh, to be honest um I was listening to it was uh, Dr Bessel van der Kolk he has written The Body Keeps the Score yes yeah I've got that yeah fantastic author and uh, I was listening to his talk and he was talking about trauma and he was saying trauma isn't just PTS, uh, PTSD happening in veterans. It happens every day. And we really need to provide people, parents included, the tools to help them. Because we don't realize even shouting can be traumatic and yeah. what it leads up to. Yeah, absolutely. So, that, so that's where, and I plus I, with my Let's Stop Shouting, course I can incorporate the angry tent as a tool because it's around anger shouting aggression and I thought well how am I going to get this out to the public so I had absolutely no idea how to create an awareness day so once I decided I was going to I found out so the first awareness let's stop shouting awareness day is on November the 6th this year it's a Saturday and uh, we're really hoping to raise awareness about the impact anger has on our relationships, but our physical and mental health also. And um, it's really about promoting nonviolent communication, but also sharing skills on how to have passionate and difficult conversations without resulting in arguments or anger. I mean, especially at the moment, Jane, I don't know if you've noticed, it's it, everything's very deci- divisive. You're either one way or yeah, you're the other. Absolutely. And there doesn't seem to be much compromise that, you know, people can have different opinions and that's totally OK. Yeah. Maybe the people need to learn more about compromise. Mm. Maybe compromise is your next, the next course that you can do is how to compromise. Well, we don't really, it's like, I, we're kind of taught, aren't we? Very often the modern way is um, to go for what you want. And sometimes mm-hmm. there is an element that can make you, I want to say a bit selfish, but it can make you be like, right, I want to do this when you have to compromise with people. Yeah. And that's really interesting. You, you say that because there is a topic in the let's stop shouting and it looks at values but it looks at compromise but respect also and you know sometimes I can't help but feel respect has become a bit of an old-fashioned word yeah it has I wonder what I wonder how much social media has fed into that because people are hiding on social media and saying things they wouldn't dream of saying in real life and I Mm. wonder how much that sort of eroded this feeling of respect I don't know 
Yeah, I mean, one of the topics is about in the Let's Stop Shouting is about social media and social media use. And if you look at, you know, the left brain, I'll I'll simplify it, the left right brain and the old brain and the new brain. It's Luis Cozzolino. He talks about the half second delay. So what he says is the old brain works half a second faster than the new part, the rational part. So that sort of leads into this impulse on social media that people react very quickly, you know, which maybe if they take a step back and just wait a little time before responding, their response could be different. So that old-fashioned thing of count to five or count to ten, it really stands, doesn't it? It yeah, stands the test totally. of time. If we can just stop and take a breath, then there's some, something that's a little bit more rational will come into play and stop you from saying that thing. It's fascinating, isn't it? These old wives' tales make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some truth in them, Jane, yeah. definitely. So the Awareness Day, how do you see that helping your business? Okay, so I think it's about raising awareness. So I've started a PR campaign, raising awareness of my brand of being me and also the uh, resources that I have, the therapy platform for creative therapies that I've launched. So it will help with press. For example, yesterday I was in the Daily Telegraph just making a small comment piece about returning to work it included a link to my website uh, which is fantastic for SEO oh it's it's absolutely amazing so what advice could you give to somebody who might want to get into press how did you go about it you know what would you say to people okay it is hard work and it's not going to happen overnight but there are ways and means of getting into the press and you've got to be persistent. You've got to have a clear plan of what you want to get, what publications you want to get into and why you want to get into them. Uh, What you're, you know, what do you want to achieve? What would you do then? Do you just contact them or do you, do you use something like, because you can get a daily email, can't you? Of What is it? Journal requests? Journal requests. Uh I use journal requests. And you can sign up to uh, subscription boards that send you out emails. You can get a PR company to do the work for you, although you have to be careful on how on the PR company you work with, because working with a PR company, you're not guaranteed results. So you could be paying X amount, say, for example, £800 a month. And you may not be guaranteed a result. Yeah. £800 a month is probably outside of most counsellors' reach, really. Mm. But I've always done every, I've done everything like the, the scrappy way. Because when I started, I didn't have any money. Mm. When I started, I didn't know really what I was doing. So everything I did was the scrappy way. So mm. I would do always go down the, the cheap or free way, usually free. So I would sign up for, if that was me, I'd say sign up for the journal request. Now, how do you do yeah, that Yeah, that's now? on Twitter. It's on Twitter, isn't it? So if you do yeah. a search on Twitter for journal request. Hashtag journal request. Yeah, I'll put a link in below and you can sign up and they'll send you a daily email and you can read on, read through the email. And basically it's journalists who said that they want somebody to give some sort of comment on a thing. 
Yeah. And because mental health's everywhere at the moment, I think it's one of those things we could go out there en masse and talk on the radio and talk in publications, local and national. And I think there's so many ways that we could get out there collectively as counsellors, get our voices heard, talk about mental health in that non-scary way as humans, as being more, you know, really human and warm. And I think that we could all do more of that. So I take my hat off to you that you've got, what was it? Did you say it was The Guardian? No, the te- uh, Daily te- the Telegraph. Telegraph. I mean, that's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely yeah, and I, brilliant. I mean, I launched just recently a small crowdfunder campaign to raise funds for the start of the Let's Stop Shouting Awareness Day. And my plan is to train up to over the next few years up to up to 500 counsellors yeah. on our Let's Stop Shouting online digital course. Yeah to deliver the program so I raised five thousand pounds wow I mean it was bloody hard work but what that also gave me gave me a press release in my local chamber I'm a member of the the North Yorkshire business chamber it gave me a press release to put out there within my local community that this is what I've been doing so it's all about brand building yeah and it is, it's that looking outside of the box. So we often have this idea that we have these things are things that we can do, but it's that looking a little bit outside of the box and thinking, right, okay, what are all the other things we can do? Like, you know, getting in publications, doing talks, getting in front of people, you know, going on the radio. All There's so many different things that we can do. It's yeah, just I think having it's- that creativity to just look at things from that slightly different viewpoint. And you see, I um, I realised this last year in lockdown, that what do I actually really enjoy? I enjoy seeing clients, but there's only X amount of clients I enjoy seeing. And there's a level on that for me. But so that leaves me with a lot of other free time. So I just sat down and really, it was like looking at a blank piece of paper and yeah. writing a plan of what do I enjoy doing? And I came up with that that I love being creative. I feel free. I feel, you know, it's just, I love it. Yeah. I love the process. So I decided, well, why don't I do that then? You know, because this need to help people and want to help people and make a difference in private practice. I'm only going to be able to help X amount of people or support people. But, you know, I love creating resources, digital resources, games. So I can use my mental health uh, skills and combine them with what I love doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, I love the way that you do it. You know, you've been able to really put those two things together, the, the, the creativity and the counselling and mental health things come together beautifully in what you've been doing. And I take my hat off to you. I think it's absolutely fantastic. So where would somebody go to find out a little bit more about your um, Stop Shouting Day? Okay, so on my website, I can put the link in. There's a link there and it's got Watoto clay. Watoto is actually a Swahili word and it means the children play. And so 
my business is called The Children Play, really, and it reflects to the inner child. So there's a link there with Jane Travis on the end. I'll put uh, I'll put a link below for anybody listening. I'll put a link below for, so you can go straight there. Yeah. And um, on there, you've got uh, you can t- download a free one resource. It's called Build My Story. And it's over to, uh, 200 digital cards to help. It's a resource that I created to build a story with young people or adults. Um, you've got my new Facebook group. It, I'm called the Digital Creative Therapist. And I'll be sharing digital online resources there weekly to help other therapists uh, work creatively online. Because that was another issue also. I love being creative. But how do I take that process online? Yeah. Uh, so they can join that Facebook group. Fantastic. Oh, that's fun. Yasmin, thank you so much for coming on. I think what you're doing is brilliant. I think, like like I say, I think that you marry together the creative and the counselling in a way that's going to take the messages around mental health and communication. It's going to take that message out to so many more people. And I think it's a genius that you've done the um, Awareness Day. I'm really looking forward to seeing how that goes for you. And um, anybody that wants to get involved in that, it's on the 6th of November. So you can get involved. You can share your own social media posts about anger using, I'm assuming you've got a hashtag that you use. Um, Like I say, I'll put the details below this recording so you can go and check it out yourself. But if we all get involved and we all get involved with this Let's Stop Shouting Day, all over social media, it's mm. going to raise the profile of helping with communication and, and anything to do with anger, which I think is a, it's just such a brilliant cause. Yeah, that would be amazing. And what I've done, I've also created lots of social media posts, uh, images for people to download also. Fantastic. Just so to you... make it easier so they could just add their own logo in if they want, or they can create their own image also. Um, so you've, just you've done all the heavy lifting for people so they can actually get I've those resources. <laughs> <laughs> so people can go and get those resources to share and just tweak things and add their own bits and pieces to it. So you've made it really easy to get involved. That's yeah. fantastic. Yasmin, thank you so much. Like I say, I'll put all those details below. Thank you so much for coming and I look forward to seeing how it goes. You're welcome. Lovely seeing you again, Jane. Well, wasn't that interesting? I hope you enjoyed it. So we've explored creativity, anger, awareness days, getting into the press and crowdfunding. So thank you so much, Yasmin, for coming and chatting to us. It was really, really interesting. And again, if you want to check out all the links for Yasmin, just have a look below this recording in the show notes. So what about you? How much creativity do you use in the counselling room? And how much creativity do you use in your marketing? Because there's loads of ways to be creative in your marketing. Do you think you could get into the press or maybe start your own awareness day? Are you holding yourself back? It's worth thinking about. So that's it for this week. The best places to find me are on Instagram. So that's grow your private practice, all lowercase, no spaces. Or find me on LinkedIn. Just search for Jane Travis and come and say hi. Have a fantastic week and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye-bye. 
Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.